0: Hydrate waterbend.
1: As I'm wearing my chorus shirt. I wear this shirt so much on this podcast. Represent. I represent. Hi everybody. Welcome to Millwood and Micah Discovering Avatar. My name is Amanda Millwood, and I'm a screenwriter, actor, director, and a fan of Avatar The Last Airbender.
0: And I'm Todd Micah. I'm the author of Tales from Grimguard, an anthology of dark fantasy, as well as the Grimguard role-playing game. And I had never watched Avatar until now we've been going through the episodes of avatar the last airbender uh two episodes every podcast and today we are covering episodes 15 and 16 of the series (laughs) my live reactions i was giving to amanda as i was watching these um it's a bit of a roller coaster so strap in folks
1: (laughs) it really was it was quite hilarious
0: (laughs) we start on episodes episode 15 bato of the water tribe uh just our usual episode stats this is written by ian wilcox and i don't recognize this name from the annals of of writers of the show
1: no because as i just discovered he this is the only episode that he's written for the show um i don't know if he's worked on other episodes but like this is the only one that he particularly wrote so um that's kind of <laughs> telling
0: yeah yeah, they really let him run wild with this one
1: yeah it, it's interesting it's almost like he was given like and i'm not trying to be mean and you know you did some good stuff in this episode but like it seems almost like he was given a bare bones synopsis of the show and the characters. And then just kind of was like, yeah, Ian just but run like-
0: loose, run loose on this one. Ian, go crazy. Right.
1: Like it was interesting. The choice is one. Made were-
0: you get one episode, Ian, you get one, <laughs> you Write This one all by yourself, buddy. Ian, we love you. Thank you. <laughs>
1: Thank you for working on the show. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's directed by our good friend by now, uh, Giancarlo Volpi, and animated by DR Movie. The episode originally aired on October 7th. We can't wait to get into this one. The episode aired October 7th, 2005, and the the IMDb rating for Bato of the Water Tribe. I don't know how this happened. It's a 7.8 out of 10.
1: How did this happen? We're smarter than this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where that came from. At the 7, I don't know where the 7 came from.
1: Well, I mean, if I remember correctly, the lowest ranked episode of Avatar The Last Airbender is um, The Great Divide. And I think that was a 6.9, a 6.8 on IMDb, if I remember correctly. Um, So, I mean, that's definitely, like... It's mid range, I think, in terms of Avatar, like, you know, most are 8.5 or above, like most of the best episodes. So this is like not quite, you know, great divide levels of awful, but it's also not like at the highs of like the blue spirit or whatever. It's just kind of mid range, mid tier.
0: (laughs) Yep. Yep. Take us away with some fun facts, Amanda.
1: It's like, how do we transfer to that?
0: (laughs) There is no, there is no transition. (laughs) Yeah the the IMDB rating was the first fun (laughs) fact.
1: It it actually is. Um, well, it is one of my fun facts. But the first fun fact I have for you is that this is the first episode in which Apa actually engages people in combat using his size and ability to airbend to great effect. I just find this fascinating because like we've very or they have very clearly established that Aang is a pacifist, like the monks Mm -hmm. are pacifists, the airbenders. But Alpha is not afraid to like stab him. Yeah, no. he's, <laughs> like he's, he is. it's like blood. It is this giant, fluffy, adorable flying bison is like kicking ass and taking names, and I love mm-hmm. him for that.
0: It really, um, it really is. It's really impressive. It kind of surprised me too. I just see him out of nowhere, and then I'm just like, "Where were you in like four other episodes when we needed you? Where were you in a Fire Nation attack?"
1: I was going to say that, but the world needs the most, Appa Bandit. <laughs> maybe, oh that, my
0: God. maybe that's it. Maybe that's the key to the whole show. Maybe Appa is the actual last airbender. Oh, my God. What, what, the him. show's actual title just got screwed up. It was the Avatar <laughs> and the last airbender.
1: Oh, my God. We love him. Um, our second fun fact is that June... I can never sheer shoe. There we go. June sheer shoe tracks Katara using her mother's necklace and it leads them to the herbalist from the blue spirit episode. The one that gave, um, Aang the frozen frogs, but that is actually a story inconsistency because Katara never visited the herbalist. She was yeah. sick the whole episode. So like, yeah, that's just one of those like goofs. You're like, Oh, we just want to go back to the place that we'd seen before. <laughs> um,
0: it's kind of like, they fast forwarded real fast through the last couple of episodes and they were just like okay they go there they go there they go there yeah,
1: right. yeah. <laughs> um and then my final fun fact does have to do with imdb and it says according to imdb this is the eighth lowest rated episode of the entire series it is very divisive among fans many of whom felt that ang was very out of character in this episode and i'm gonna say honestly i don't really agree I think, honestly, Sokka and Katara are way more out of character than okay. Aang is.
0: Okay, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> let's
1: get into thank it.
0: you. Let, let, let's, yeah. like, okay, we're, we're coming out, the bell has rung, and we're out swinging today. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, okay. Immediately, I agree with you. Aang was not yeah. out of character. I mean... <laughs> admittedly, it's a side of him that we rarely see. We don't really see him get all petty and, and, and angry and stuff like that. Like, that's not, that's not him. Does he act childish at times? Sure. But it's usually in a kind of a harmless, silly, oh, he's goofing off. And now we're now he's gotten us in trouble (laughs) next episode, but you know, but in this one, but in this one, it's a very, it makes sense. Here's the thing. It makes sense a lot because as soon as ang is threatened with the possibility of being abandoned he is triggered immediately because it takes him right back to what happened at the air temple when he i want to say when he was a kid he's still a kid but when he was a 100 years ago kid
1: right
0: and and...
1: (laughs) back in my day
0: (laughs) back in my day i was abandoned by monks not other kids so right. it was a very much a like a we don't want to play with you anymore sort of thing just like he experienced back then. It was a the threat of abandonment and it it triggered the same kind of response from him. He isolated himself immediately just like he did at the temple where he hid in his room, came up with a plan to run away and did it.
1: Right. Yeah, no. Ang has like some severe abandonment issues that really aren't talked about all that much in the series, just because it's kind of a heavy topic for kids to kind of grasp. But yeah, yeah, he does. This is one of the episodes that does kind of delve into it. I'm not saying he does it well, but it makes sense for his character with what we know of his history and all that and how attached he's become to Sokka and Katara, that they're basically all he has at this point. Like obviously his mom and Appa, but they're the only like family humans that he has in well, his but- life.
0: Well, because in the third episode, one of my top rated episodes, still one of my favorites so far of the series, mm-hmm. I think it's like still my, what, probably still my second like, or third, yeah. second or third so highest rated episode. And
1: then the Southern Air Temple for you.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, in the Southern Air Temple, he, they call themselves, they pretty much pledge themselves as his family and now in his families. And that's the thing that makes it so out of character for them.
1: Mm -hmm. okay
0: so so he finds okay real quick by the way just a quick (laughs) note (laughs) just as a quick note scott menville appears once again in this episode the voice actor who was um robin from teen titans who voiced the scout for the 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 earth tribes or whatever they were uh, a couple of episodes ago he's back as the as the scout who rides up on the thing and delivers the map and he's in the next episode too like they were feeding scott Yes. So good to see him. And he gives him a map. And the first thing the kid does is crumple it up and everything. But then, like, I love Hasak and Katara number one. Or, like, you've had it all this time. All this time, it's been like eight hours, man. Chill out. What were you <laughs> going like- to do? <laughs> right were you were you going to leave at three in the morning as soon as you got the map in your hands? Oh great, here's the map to dad. Let's go, you know.
1: Right. Yeah, I okay. I, I totally get where people are coming from when they don't like the fact that Aang hid the map from them. That's not really the problem for me. The problem is that the way he goes about it, like the fact that he does crumple it up and hides it. I think that that is a bad look (laughs) for Aang as a character, especially since, like, I don't think he would have done that in the moment. I do think that he wouldn't have told them. I think there's the way that they went about it. I I think that if (laughs) if I was reworking this episode, I would say do not have him crumple it up. You know, have him take it to the Abbey where, you know, Sokka and uh, Katara are and have him stand outside the door and just kind of contemplating what, what he's gonna do. Like, what is he gonna give it to them? Is he gonna keep it? And then that's when he decides, I can't like lose them. I can't let go of them. Um, so then he hides the map and the, the story basically goes forward from there. It's just that one action of like purposefully and just on the spot being like, nope, <laughs> I am not giving my friends, my family a chance to see their actual, you know, father um and it just seems like needlessly not mean that's not really the right word but
0: just like it, it's a very graceless way he goes about yeah,
1: it. it right I, I feel like if he contemplated a bit more and just really like struggled with what to do we would feel more for him but it just yeah. is such an instant thing I'm like oh okay
0: and it, and it yeah. is but I would argue that it's still in it's still consistent with his character now what we've seen fans react two favorite characters of very popular franchises.
1: What could you possibly be referring to?
0: (laughs) Do things. It's, you know, I mean, it's not like somebody traveled halfway across the galaxy to hand him a lightsaber and he crumpled it up and threw it away. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. you know, but but the thing is, I would still, yeah, I would still argue that that is consistent with Aang's character because that moment of that graceless moment that we see of him crumpling up the map while we're like, what? Why would he do that? But why would he, in the heat of the moment, decide to run away from the, from the air temple instead of just literally waiting 10 minutes for the pump to come in and talk to him about it afterward.
1: Yeah. And I get it. I mean, again, it's, it's, rash. Me... It's, a,
0: it's a rash action.
1: Yeah. And like I said, Aang to me is not the problem of the episode. The problem does lie with, unfortunately, Sokka and Katara, my babies. Um, I feel that they, not so much Katara, but definitely Sokka. Um, I feel like he was so uncharacteristically mean in this episode and I don't like it. I'm like, Saga, calm the fuck
0: down. These guys have have saved each other from death and the Fire Nation multiple times by now. And now you're just like, oh, you waited eight hours to hand us a crumpled up map, which is still perfectly fine and we can still use it? How dare you? Get lost, kid. (laughs) Hit the bricks. Go to the North Pole. Find Santa Claus yourself
1: yes um yeah it's so true and it just i don't know i just don't like it it really leaves a bad taste in my mouth um yeah i, mean, I don't really have, literally, like, I literally don't...
0: so did the soup they were making and it kind of left a bad taste in ang's mouth too
1: yes what was it um oh my god stewed street no stewed i cannot say it the prunes sea prunes, there <laughs> sea prunes. everybody <laughs> sea prunes. Everybody
0: go. listening, you, you try that. You try saying stewed Dude. sea prunes three times fast, and it's it's sea, really then let's hear you laugh, okay? Yeah. Don't um, make fun of her.
1: Don't make fun of me. I'm sensitive. Um <laughs> I'm <a> water <laughs> element. Um, you, I actually
0: You know. roasted my co-host. You go to the North Pole yourself.
1: Oh my god. Yeah, not not great um characterization wise. Not, not a
0: great look. Well, then on top of it, they they leave him there. I love that part where where Katara just walks up real sad to him. <laughs> it's literally it's. I was seeing they're just like, what what is going on right now? What is this unnecessary fanfic level drama over nothing? And you, you crumpled up the page that takes us to our daddy thought overnight about hiding it from us and she's walking up like she'll never see him again and he she, they're just just like see you later and he's like okay i'm like well, what and then they walk like five steps into the woods hear a really sad wolf and then sock is like we have to go back
1: <laughs> yeah that and again it's like such a quick heel turn like he goes from zero to a hundred both ways from being super mean to super like caring and like wanting to you know helping and i'm like bro what you're giving me whiplash what the fuck is wrong with okay, you this see,
0: okay okay see and that's the other thing that i dislike about this episode is that the pacing by which all these story points of all these unnecessary story points need to get introduced to make all this happen are done at blinding speed yeah, like when the episode started, I was in the middle of doing something. I looked down for like 10 seconds, looked up, and there was a brand new character. They had gone to his house and they were eating something. And I was like, wait, hold on. And I actually had to back it up. I was like, <laughs> apparently I missed something.
1: <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, it's so funny. Because there is, there's a lot that actually happens in this episode. And it happens so fast. And like, you can't really register a lot of it. And it just, yeah, it it's a weird episode. <laughs>
0: i think the story beats are so dramatic they would need more time to make sense because again they find this guy really quick they really quickly ignore Aang. Aang really quickly reacts to the map it's like overnight that they get angry with him and then really fast they change their minds and it's like if this was happening over multiple days their reactions would all be justified but there just isn't time in like a 24 minute episode Right. I think maybe we're maybe we're blaming Ian Ronley. Maybe they should have given him like an hour and a half on this episode to really make it pay off. Just like a mid-season movie, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we've talked about the stuff that doesn't work, but I actually do like a lot of things in this episode. Um, like, basically everything with Zuko, Iroh, and the new character introduced, June, I think is great. Like, I love it. <laughs> I don't know about you, cool. but... Uh, I want to talk about June and the and the shear shoe real quick because I we've talked about our love of all these animal hybrids in Avatar that have been introduced so far. But honestly, I think that the sheer shoe might be my favorite. Um, I just love the creepy design and the like the utility that it has, being a basically a tracker. Like, yeah. I think that's so cool and using the smell and that it doesn't have eyes. It just uses smell to track. I think that's such a cool idea. in the visuals that they use to convey that with the colors, I'm like, that's so creative. I love it. Very um, cool. Yeah. And, uh, so I love the sheer shoe. I love June. She's such a badass, such a cool design, instantly like recognizable. Um, mm-hmm. iconic. And, yeah. <laughs> iconic. She is the moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I just love the banter between her and Zuko and Iroh. Like they're such an odd pairing, but like I love it. Um, you know, I love that she keeps implying that like Zuko's tracking down Katara because like he's their ex lovers or something, like it's his ex girlfriend and honestly same girl. We know it's yeah, true. We all,
0: yeah, we all know. We all know. Yeah.
1: She she gets it. Oh She she
0: wrecked she wrecked his ship to show him a better ship
1: literally <laughs> um and i love that like Iro is like totally like hitting on her and like interested in her and she's just not having it like it is i love that like they weren't afraid to make iroh kind of a like pervy old man in this episode it's like geez okay um, but real
0: but real quick while we're hitting on this it's still this kind of reminds me of one of the things we were saying about it that the episode has big fan fiction vibes because i feel like i feel like the characters are almost caricatures of themselves but like inaccurate caricatures ang is like ang is like insecure 12 year old kid but he does something that we we think is out of character for him Mm -hmm. and then and something disrespectful i mean he can be scared and upset but he's, he's disrespectful and then uh katara and saga are kind of treated like they are closer to with each other as brother and sister than they are to ang and so they other him really quickly and then abandon him
1: right
0: which is you know weird and then like zuko is like well, well we all know zuko he's angry and he's after the avatar which like that's really all he has in this episode so he's like really shallow
1: right. also
0: who nerfed him for the final battle
1: <laughs> who
0: nerfed my boy like was zuko 2op please nerf like what happened <laughs> what happened to, what happened to him
1: okay so not to <laughs> You can add this to the, oh, man, the spoiling thing. I'm not. Um, But in the first season, like, I think that Zuko is about, you know, like, he is a very powerful bender, clearly. I mean, he's the royal, you know, firebending family. They are very powerful benders, all of them. Um, But when season two comes around, Zuko is nerfed in the service of another character. Like, he's still super powerful, but, like, it's not nearly as pronounced like and it just it's interesting um that you kind of start to see that starting you know later this season but if, and then Zuko, by reason, if
0: Zuko used the moves he tried on Aang in this episode when he fought Zhao he would have my boy would have had his face in the dirt in five seconds and <laughs> yeah. that was like 12 episodes ago
1: yeah no it it's yeah <laughs> my boy got
0: I played have... like a chump i was mad i was I'm mad about it <laughs> and then and yeah. then and then in keeping with the whole like the characters kind of being like inaccurately stereotyped like why is uncle Irao suddenly why is he suddenly master roshi like <laughs> i don't
1: know who that
0: is why is it from dragon ball z why is he suddenly this girl crazy grinning old man offering <laughs> offering his weight in gold to like this assassin
1: yeah. So, but I still did really like their their part of the story. Um, and even though I feel like yes, you're right that Zuko did get somewhat nerfed in this episode, I still liked the fight scene. I think that it was well choreographed, and I liked the back and forth. Um, you know, especially when they're on the well, like they're just kind of trying to weave around each other, and it's mm-hmm. just really cool to watch. Um,
0: I I loved the ice dodging yeah it was the only part of the episode where the title bato of the water tribe was actually relevant (laughs) right
1: yeah no i like the idea of ice dodging like as being a sort of rite of passage for uh southern i was gonna say southern airbenders southern water tribe uh boys i think that that's a kind of cool idea and it's like a It kind of gives me vibes of like going on a fishing, the first fishing trip with your dad, like when you're a boy. Like, yeah. It was really
0: cool, Bato to be like, kind of like, oh, your dad's not here, so let's go with old Uncle Bato. Let's go fishing, boy.
1: (laughs) It really gave off uncle vibes.
0: But but I thought, okay, but the one I did, I did like. It was actually my favorite part of the episode because I literally wrote down, ready for the best pun ever. Yes. (laughs) I my notes literally say, ice dodging rocks.
1: that's not even funny <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: because they use rocks instead of ice oh i know but it's like not funny <laughs> do it again
0: do it. i can i can hear the i can hear one one viewer <laughs> one viewer way in the back making the noise like <laughs> Yeah, so, no, so no, but it was really cool though, to see all three of them working together with the bending, with Aang putting mm-hmm. the air into the sails and then Katara, you know, hyping up the water. So it was a big enough wave to go over. It, up the water. Water, let's go. You can <laughs> let's, do get, it. let's get this bread. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was cool. I mean, the episode it was, it was the high point of the episode for me. Yeah. <laughs> I take it um, back though there was one actually one other the really high points you were saying how the um the stuff with what was the girl's name the like bounty hunter that they hired june
1: right,
0: june, right. when she and zuko and and uh uncle iroh were all firing around i liked the part where they stop by and the woman turns to the cat and she's like mayuki did you get in trouble with the fire nation again
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes i love that line the <laughs> crazy old lady
0: that was that was great. Yeah, the yeah those were those were the high points of the episode for me. No seriously, <laughs> work, right? no, no seriously, like like uh, really, of all the things in the episode, it's just overall for me the fact that it's very it's very fan fictiony. The fact that the the, the characters all seem so weirdly inaccurate to themselves, and mm-hmm. and the episode tries to pack in a lot of stuff, and it has really unnecessary drama and then it has that like let's make sure all the main characters are all stuffed together for the big finale and i'm like what are we trying to do and it was just i don't know and the whole thing was just a little the fight overall was just also kind of underwhelming until the goal of the fight was to stop the sure shoe because the mm-hmm. whole like perfume bending was like a really clever way to, to beat the thing
1: oh my god that is probably my favorite visual of the episode. Like when the sheer shoe gets doused with the perfume and it's like, it's seeing all of the colors like that there are, and it starts to blend together and it's like shaking its head. And I'm like, God, that's like, <laughs> yeah,
0: the psychedelic mushroom trip was also my favorite part of this episode. Help me get through the last <laughs> six minutes or so for sure.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, also, um, I just, I almost forgot This is also the first. This should have been the fun facts, whatever. This is also the first time that we've seen, um, or yeah, the first time that we've seen Ang and Katara kiss. This is the first one out of many, (laughs) and of course, it's just a little, you know, peck on the cheek. But still, that's like, you know, that's that's something. It's not a hug. It's it's a kiss. What? (laughs) What? fuel to the fan fiction fire (laughs)
0: yes okay i think it was super fanficy about it let's make sure that our like head cannon ship here for the show let's make sure they have a big moment but like thrown in really casually at the end real fast before the episode ends
1: yeah and the fact that not only is it katang because that's the ship name for anybody that doesn't know katang um, a Katang moment, but it also they throw a bone to the Zatara shippers by being like, Oh, that's so sweet Azuka. Would you give me a kiss for him when you see him next? And I'm just like, God damn it, stop teasing me. <laughs> uh, Katang is cute, but Zatara is where it's at. <laughs> also, just on a note, um, because the reason that, you know, Katara gives him the kiss is because he gets the necklace back from Zuko that she's been missing for the past mm-hmm. four or five episodes. Um, And this is something that I mentioned to you when I was kind of like pitching you the show and how so many things, they may seem insignificant, but they actually come back in pretty significant ways. And this is one of the first instances of that with the necklace being a through line for the past four or five episodes. Like it, you don't really think about it when you first, when the first goes missing, but then you're like, oh my God, like this actually is a plot device. Like a, it's not really a MacGuffin, but it's literally part of the plot. And I just love that that they can take something like that and weave a whole story out of it. Like it's crazy.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm I'm very very glad that they took the big long anticipated moment of her necklace being returned back to her for like a flash in the pan fight that ultimately is just the fight of the week and the, really didn't move anything forward in the story. So the whole necklace arc is just over now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, the, the necklace arc ended on a bit of a wah-wah, but
0: that's okay. A little okay. bit of an anti-climax. A little bit of an anti-climax yeah. for me. I don't I know. That. This is a very weird episode. It is. It, it's a very so what, weird episode.
1: So what would you rank it then?
0: Uh, I'm gonna give this episode a 5.2.
1: Oh, shit. <laughs> that's slow. Um, it's not I mean, your it was, lowest. I
0: mean, I mean, it wasn't no. It's not my lowest. <laughs> we know what's my lowest, yeah. <laughs> but like it was just a really weird episode and the fact that it was so disorienting and it, it felt like I wasn't watching the same show because none of the characters right. really acted like themselves and everything seemed really uh for all the reasons I've been saying it, it's just it's very weird it's it's just it was just a strange episode it just it felt like I was watching like a different take on the show and it seems mm-hmm. the whole the whole episode seemed inconsistent it's not just Aang
1: that is totally valid um I don't think it's that bad <laughs> Um, I would put it probably at a uh, six point five, maybe. Yeah, I'll, That's I'll just say still
0: pretty 5. low for you.
1: Oh well, it is. But you know, I don't even remember what I ranked the Great Divide. You know what's
0: funny? <laughs> I was I was listening through the podcasts. You know, as I was as I was getting them ready, and I noticed, and I can't remember now. In hindsight, maybe you do. There's only one episode that you rated lower than I did
1: yeah that that makes sense i'm i'm pretty sure it was the winter salt it might
0: (laughs) it, it
1: might have been That so far, that's been my my least favorite that we've watched,
0: or it was one that I liked but you didn't care for. I don't know, I can't remember, but but yeah, I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, well, no matter what, she's gonna give it at least a full point higher than I do because that's your trend.
1: Probably, um, you're very harsh with your ratings. I like to give, I like to be devil's advocate. (laughs) Um, Like I said, I do like things in this episode, it's just the main heroes, I think, is where it falters. So yeah, I'll, I'll stick with the 6.5 out of 10. Yeah, I, I don't know what that rating of 7.8 or 9, 7.8 is. I don't know where That's...
0: that came from. Who really liked this episode?
1: Especially since it's the eighth lowest ranked episode. Like, I mean, that just shows how good Avatar is.
0: <laughs> I mean, props for that, the whole show the overall, the rating is. But, like, seriously, like, like, Are we, am I to believe that a whole bunch of people just rated this in like the upper sevens and eights? Or was this like a bunch of really angry fans voted at two and three, and then a whole bunch of other really angry fans voted at 10 just to spite them? Like what happened here?
1: I don't know. But anyway, moving on to the next episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, so for me, that was the low point of the roller coaster. And this is where things really took off because the next episode is episode 16, The Deserter uh some stats on this episode is written by tim hedrick uh the name doesn't sound familiar did tim write in the other episodes we'd seen so oh, far
1: it will sound familiar this guy is one of the head okay. writers like i cannot i don't think he's done one yet i cannot yeah, remember
0: you've mar- because you've mentioned aaron ehouse a bunch of times and, I, and obviously i recognize his name by now
1: yeah um tim hedrick does a lot of season two and three so you're going to be seeing his name a lot going forward i think this might have been one of his first ones because i don't think he's done one yet that we've that we've covered but yeah definitely keep an eye on his name
0: mm-hmm. uh yeah i will because i really like this episode a lot so i'm very excited to see more of uh, more of what comes from him uh it's directed by lauren McMullen, uh, a name we've seen before oh yeah and it's animated by the very excellent JM animation. Mm-hmm. And okay, I will make a bold statement about this episode. We've seen some, some really nicely, and I had to remember because I, i we've seen some really nicely animated episodes, and in particular, Jet, the episode Jet comes to oh, yeah. mind.
1: Beautiful.
0: But I got to tell you, I really actually feel that this episode might be some of the best animation we've seen yet.
1: Ooh, bold. <laughs> I, I, do. I
0: really did like it. I think it is
1: beautifully animated. I mean, it's sham animation. They always deliver. um, But, And I like the lighting and the colors, especially the more yellow palette that they have Mm -hmm. later in the episode. Um, But personally for me, you know, I love color. I love um, fall colors especially. And Jet has that super gorgeous deep red color throughout the episode. And it just... (laughs) You know that to me that speaks to me more than the yellow palette but i still do really like it i think it's beautiful and the you know animation for the bending and the the it's not really a dream sequence but you know all of it it's so well done mm-hmm. and it's so artistic and i i do love it i i love jm animation's style i just,
0: I just like the way they, the figures the characters move around and this is in animation one of the things that's great is that they achieve a sense of weight to mm-hmm. to the uh the characters as they move and that's not always possible very often your characters feel kind of weightless in animation they can look like bugs bunny and he doesn't really have a sense of like three-dimensionalness and depth and, and, and weight and solidarity to him he's lines on a on a, on a, on a page um and i do know a, quite a bit about character animation my brother actually is a is a cartoon animator um for if I, I, know I... That. wait you didn't know that
1: yeah oh. I don't really know a lot about your brother
0: <laughs> okay so my brother works at a at, at a an animation studio that they do the commercials for trick cereal and lucky charms what? he's been drawing he's been drawing the tricks rabbit for the better part of 20 years
1: bro what how did what you haven't hooked me up with it? no <laughs> what that's crazy yeah i love it Reading things out about each other as this podcast is going along.
0: <laughs> uh, see, we all knew that we'd be better friends than when we when, exactly. than we were when we started. We know so much exactly. more about each other, right? Yeah, no, there's yeah, like literally really animation cool. cells of like Lucky the Leprechaun and the Trix Rabbit, like lying in piles in 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 the house in his his art areas where he works.
1: Oh my god, that is so cool! I love those animated uh, cartoons or not cartoons uh, commercials. There we go like i always because they were 2d animated and i was like they look so good that's so cool i genuinely did not know that (laughs) yeah
0: yeah so so there's there's a lot of artistic talent in in the family i mean i can draw but my brother is an absolute genius but he went to school for it and so i you know keep up with him you absorb a lot of things and so i know a lot about what goes into into you know cell animation and things so i have i have an appreciation for these things
1: (laughs) yeah Literally, I took an animation class in high school, I think. Yeah, like my junior year of high school. And it sucked. (laughs) It was terrible. The teacher hated me. Literally, no, literally, he took me, me only, out into the hallway and yelled at me in front of the class where they could hear it. Because it wasn't like, you know, it was right. They were all right there and i didn't even finish the class i literally dropped out i was like i can't do it it was at like one of those special like you had to take a bus to get to this school from mm-hmm. your actual school it was like a special thing and yeah i was there for like half of a semester and i was like i can't do this like this teacher hates me for some reason um
0: what and you so do? was,
1: i don't know i just like Ms. i don't know Nolan,
0: how did you offend the art community so badly to merit yeah. its treatment
1: Literally, I have been in so many different art classes and like, you know, acting classes and all that. And it is always 50-50. I either am like best friends with my teacher or they hate me. Not necessarily <laughs> I hate them, but they just don't like me because I just have a lot of big ideas and nobody <laughs> nobody appreciates my big ideas. <laughs> so yeah, I think it was just a case of like, yeah, he just did not like me and I didn't like him. And so we clashed a lot and... I was like, nope, I'm done. I'm not gonna wow. handle I'm not gonna deal with this. So
0: <laughs> Well, all of your big ideas are heard and valued and appreciated here.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Oh man. So yeah. yeah. Um but anyway. yeah, so
0: but but yes, that was just a side note on on our love of animation and your teachers <laughs> lack of love for yeah. you uh episode 16 the deserter aired on october 21st 2005 and the imdb rating for this episode is 8.4 out of 10 which is very respectable that's a really respectable rating and i mean i think it deserves every bit of that as as we will discuss so take us away with some fun facts
1: all right i only had two for this episode it was a very very sparse pickings, but, um, for our first fun fact, this is the only episode where Zhao appears, but Zuko does not. Um, honestly, I didn't even realize that until I read that fun fact. I was like, Oh, it's that's right. Zuko's not in this episode. I like, didn't even realize (laughs) Mm -hmm. it is kind of weird. Like, cause usually Zhao is Zuko's like, he's his foil. So it's kind of weird to see him without Zuko and just going straight after Aang without Zuko interfering in some way, or vice versa. You know, mm-hmm. Zuko going after Aang and Zhao interfering. So I don't know, it was, just, it was cool to, to have just the two of them, Aang and Zhao, uh, facing off with each other. Um, mm-hmm. And then our second fun fact is that near the beginning of the episode, when Sokka sees Aang's wanted poster, you can also see wanted posters for the blue spirit, Zhang Zhang, and Che. The That's guy that helps so them
0: to get cool. Them. I didn't notice that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Gotta get a keen eye.
0: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but, uh, the episode yeah. was I mean, I watched the episodes back to back. I was probably still like, in shock from the previous episode. <laughs> right. was just, I was just I'm still it reeling. Is...
1: Yes, it is a it is a lot. Um <laughs> so Todd, you obviously have a lot. Of good things to say about this episode, so I do. Tell us.
0: I do. I really, I really, really love this episode. First of all, huge laugh of when, the beginning when <laughs> <laughs> I think I know what we're talking about. <laughs> where, where, where they go there, and and they're like, oh, I can learn about firebending. and they're like, I don't know, it's really dangerous. Now, remembering that this kid has been has fought Zuko a bunch of times by now. He mm-hmm. has he has literally almost died to Zuko a few times, fire in his face, and he has the audacity to be like, "This might be my one chance to see some fire bending masters up close." Boy, what do you think you've been seeing this entire time?
1: Boy, yeah, it's a uh, boy. Mm, it's, I think that that's so funny because yeah, like he has not only Zuko but also. Zhao, like in a bunch of other just nameless firebenders that are pretty high level. I'm like, what do you mean? This ah, is literally Zhao. like a carnival. This is a carnival. Why do you think that there's gonna be like this great master here?
0: That's like it's uh, like fighting Doctor Strange, and then you go to to like a Chris Angel thing. You're like, I want to learn some magic from a true master. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, like Darren Brown or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. so so there's that also puppet show 10 out of 10 i would attend <laughs> i would attend that puppet show where the one puppet just flame throws the other puppet Free in the fire. face <laughs> yes. i would go see that puppet show every single night for my entire life that was amazing
1: i love this subversive moment of that word that triggers so many people including my dad <laughs> I love the comedy moment at the very it's literally the first minute of the episode where they're like oh we're gonna go into town we need some disguises and Katara and Sokka have that awesome like suit up where they're pulling their hoods over their faces and it looked really cool and badass and then we get to Aang and he just has pulled his shirt over his head (laughs) he's like wobbling around (laughs) like a goblin it is so freaking funny and so in character I love it
0: yeah it was the puppet show the the puppet show i'm stuck on this puppet show i'm sorry i'm sorry (laughs) eat it dirt nation (laughs) i just love the puppet show sorry i know it's propaganda but it's it's flaming propaganda which is admittedly one of the best and most effective ways
1: it is pride month it's flaming propaganda (laughs) it's flaming propaganda oh yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, I, I, the, the carnival, I meant to say the carnival is an awesome setting. It was just great. Um, like is, were they in the fire nation? They just randomly wind up in a fire nation town. How did they even get here in the episode?
1: okay so i think that this is actually supposed to be an earth kingdom territory because later uh-huh. in the show you you find out that fire nation the fire nation is taking over the earth kingdom like they're kind oh, of colonizing okay. bits of that it so sense. i believe that yeah it's just a colony of the fire nation in the earth kingdom
0: okay that yeah, makes sense um yeah. but yeah no, uh, the the fact though that all the stuff is here there's just a big old chunk of fire nation culture right there it was just Mm -hmm. awesome because we've seen like military installations like the awesome mining rig you know we saw that that -hmm. um and then we also saw um the temple that ang was able to miraculously find his way to Um, fight all the guards, but we've only seen like those things. We haven't seen actual population centers and people. The only normal Fire Nation civilian we ever saw was the old guy, that harmless old man from Jet, right? And and but now we actually get to chill out with the actual Fire Nation. Ironic that I put it that way, but like. (laughs) i really started to warm up to them um
1: right. there you go
0: <laughs> but no it, it was great it was it, I, I, i'm sorry like I, lo- I, I love the fire nation i just do yeah,
1: they're they're really cool i i mean obviously excuse me they're terrible but like they have very cool aesthetics and their powers are awesome you know bending and all that um the and red and yeah it is that
0: thing of, really works
1: oh yeah and it is cool to just kind of see normal Fire Nation people in a normal yeah. Fire Nation town doing normal things like visiting a traveling carnival. Like, that's pretty fun. Um, and then
0: forming I, a lynch mob against the Avatar, also completely normal in the Fire Nation. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's another Tuesday.
0: And of um, course it wouldn't be complete until we actually get Fire Nation soldier humor where oh, <laughs> <yeah>. Rizal <pulls, laughs> rolls up to the carnival afterward and they're just like, you let the Avatar escape? And they were like yeah but the, the festival went off without a
1: hitch right <laughs> people loved it they loved the fireworks show um yeah no i love i love moments like that in the show there's so many
0: i love when um, they're standing there explaining how well things went and then just the giant like piece of the breaking falls down burning behind them and they just keep
1: on talking about how like crime was yeah. down i also really love that that i love hearing foods from different like worlds and all that like lamb is and middle earth or you know yeah. blue milk from star wars so i love that they have fire flakes which are what i assume yes. just like corn flakes but like spicy <laughs> and I, want no, to I, them.
0: I just assumed that they were literally just red pepper flakes in a bag for you to eat like sunflower seeds
1: just spice. there's nothing else
0: just spice it's just spice why do you need anything else this is the fire nation
1: right the gang gets not taken but they uh they escape the fire nation festival with the help of this character che who is an abandoned or a deserter um from the fire nation army and he takes them to Zhongjong, who is but not before
0: not before Opa, the last airbender saves them once again in the alley like, i think Appa, Appa's really getting tired of people at this point
1: oh oh just wait it's it's gonna get he's, worse for us he's
0: really taking matters into his own hands here
1: oh yeah i don't like literally they would be nothing without appa they he is their transportation he is a like tank basically yeah. <laughs> like, he can vent, he can fly like he, yeah well, no, remember
0: that he took he took like five shots from that thing's venom in the last episode I too. Know.
1: yeah was, he's crazy um but uh, yeah, so we get to meet Jon Jong, who is a firebending master who Ang is looking for. I and, love um, his character. I love his design. Like he kind of gives me Master Splinter, like that kind of vibe. I don't know but if you were getting uh, he that vibe too, like, but he's
0: <laughs> also like a really well done. He's also a really, really well done uh, reluctant teacher too.
1: Yeah, like you said, he is the reluctant teacher, and that it takes Roku showing up and basically schooling his ass to be like um no you are going to help this kid i have done this a hundred thousand times and i'll do it a hundred thousand times more and you're gonna help him whether you like it or not <laughs>
0: it's just like, super unexpected crazy. like that was the last thing i expected to happen was for it so it, it happened so suddenly He just in a flash there he is i was like this is cool that was such a cool <laughs> moment
1: yeah, I love that. It kind of goes like sepia mode almost. Like, you can tell that this is not actually happening. It's like a vision or a you know yeah. dream or whatever, a hallucination. Um, and then when we break from it, Aang, you know, he's all like, yes, I will teach you. And then he's like, really? Great! Hey. <laughs> and then he just completely regrets it. <laughs> it's just great. Um, yeah, I, so I, love I,
0: I I love the character... I, I love it. I love, I just, I seriously love him. I love the, the reluctance to teach. I love his reasoning for it. I think that he is probably, I mean, I'm going to say it right now, like probably to date, one of my favorite characters, not of the main, the, the like main, minor
1: characters.
0: Yeah. The, the minor characters. He's my favorite minor character of the show so far. Like I love this guy. He has such incredible wisdom, but it comes from not this place of you know sage, calm. Like he has this whole, you know, I saw this recklessness once before. I
1: didn't I didn't didn't fear
0: it enough then, but I do now. (laughs) Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah, no. I like that, yeah, like you said, he is super wise, but he's not like it's not the helpful mentor. It's like the I Kind of like what you just said, I have seen people go down this dark path before, and I don't want it to happen again. And you know, you're not, and he wasn't ready, like, he was 100% right. Aang was not ready to learn firebending, and he abused that power. Oh, and
0: absolutely,
1: there were severe repercussions for that, you know, like, and I love that. Like, the fact that they have the balls to actually show him burning Katara, which shocked me as a kid. I was like, I mean. Aang what the
0: hell? <laughs> I mean, although this was probably not like, this is not the smoothest way for Aang to reveal that he was holding the torch for Katara. Oh on God. the other hand, like, I mean, he can really refer to her as an old flame now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't choke on your water.
1: Literally. I'm so mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we shouldn't have drunk just then um <laughs> it's the nah, only way nah. we're getting
0: through this podcast right now oh
1: my god um but yeah, yeah but no, I... but
0: the, the the injury a very real injury and and i mean and it wasn't just like a, oh you hurt her a little bit Sokka, who is very angry in these two episodes he, he's but really screaming just- mad this time yes it was justified yeah
1: That's why I'm like, I'm not mad about him being mad because he totally has every right to be. He just burned Katara, his sister, like after she had told him, uh, Zhang Zhang had told him to not fuck around with the fire, and he did it anyway. And so yeah, I, I was a hundred percent like, yeah, beat his ass, like <laughs> teach him a lesson, Sokka. Okay, um, okay.
0: But what's super cool then, fast as it happened, is when she puts her hands in the water, and at first I was thought she was like using ice, to, I thought she was mm-hmm. using ice to like ease the burns, and then I boom, am- her hands are all better. And I'm like, healing power.
1: hmm Water vendors heal, they use chi path to help um heal the body, and so yeah that's she I can thought create
0: that... holy water <laughs>
1: Literally. she can kill
0: vampires
1: yes god i would love if there are vampires in avatar that's the K- one K- thing they're missing katara they have pirate... vampire slayer yes um they've got pirates they've got westerns now we just need vampires okay i've never uh... wanted
0: a spoiler for legend of korra but just spoil one thing for me are there vampires <laughs> in legend of korra
1: Unfortunately there are not. <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> well, there's no point in watching now. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, that, that becomes a very prevalent part of Katara's bending ability is her ability to heal. She's considered one of the best healers in the world by the time that Legend of Korra rolls around. So um yeah, and I love that she kind of she discovered that by healing herself first, because mm. You know i think that it's a really good way to kind of unlock this power that we've never seen before without it seeming like well they just pulled that out of nowhere but like it made sense like as a kid i was like of course water water helps heal like water is used to clean wounds and like all that mm-hmm. that's so clever like yeah. <laughs> i mean it soothes burns and i love it um and i love that visually i think that it's really really cool when she actually puts her hands in the water and then You're not sure at first like you said what's happening because the burns turn white and you're like is she using eyes what's going on and then they the um the healing kind of replicates the burns when she takes them out of the water like her hands out of the water and then it just drips away and there there's no scars left and you're just like oh my god that's so cool
0: (laughs) and then of course John, his infinite wisdom is there to immediately recognize like i'm saying i love this character
1: He's oh, great. He's yeah. seen a lot of shit.
0: <laughs> this is this is how to jump in a little bit of analysis about this, because as soon as I these narrative elements are used in, in these things, it turns, you know, for me, like it did in the early part of us going over these episodes, it turns for me into a real serious analysis and appreciation of what's going on with the storytelling. He's a great as a mentor character because mentor characters in the story are amazing for showing the audience something a complex idea that it wouldn't make sense for the already established characters to know when something new happens to have a mentor character already established to go what you're seeing which makes no sense to anybody including the main characters right now is this and i right. have all this experience and all this knowledge and i'm a, I, I know about this with the with the water bending tribe and all these things and he can give exposition and explanation for things that otherwise there's no context there's no reason why we'd have it right and, and and i love that it's a great to have those kinds of characters and stories and what happened at the end of the episode where did jorgen wind up
1: uh well <laughs> he he just kind of disappeared he used it was like what Zhao said he used the fireball as a distraction to run into the woods and so okay yeah, so it, he did just it, vanish
0: into the woods I didn't miss something yeah, about like a smoke
1: kind of thing yeah
0: see the master
1: right <laughs> and I that's that's something that I really appreciate this time around um when watching it is like you have this master and apprentice kind of thing going on with uh Zhang Zhang and Zhao and I love that Aang kind of uses Zhang Zhang's words uh about Zhao to like anger him. Like, yes. yeah, that you were, you know, what what is it that he said? I can't remember. <laughs> like that you had no restraint or something like yes. that. Yeah. Yes. And the fact that Zhao burned his own boats, like that is he's like he's super baiting. smart.
0: Super yeah.
1: smart. I-, I thought you'd be better than Zuko. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Man. During that whole fight, Zhao was the one who got burned more than Aang ever yeah. did. <laughs> yeah. Let's roast Admiral, Admiral Zhao.
1: Yes. Oh,
0: oh man. no. Okay, see, and like, there's action that isn't just action for the sake of having a cool action sequence, it's action that translates into a narrative. It's right. a narrative of the old apprentice and the new apprentice. It's 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 showing how Aang learned a cool lesson and is now applying it, and how he's growing as a character. Because the triumph of Zhao is over Zhao is no longer just oh he beat him and they got away again which right. i mean i'm not trying to really i swear to you i really am not trying to beat up on the previous episode on a serious note it's just that like it was it, it just it didn't have all that this kind of flair of storytelling that I, that i'm putting now because that's what you come to expect from the show so seeing the show return to form where there's a lot of symbolism um in in the events and even in the fight scenes uh is beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to see. And you know, obviously super, super excited to see it back over here. Um, I also love the runaway soldier. What was his name again? The one that led them to Zhang Zhang? Che. Che?
1: Yeah.
0: He was great. I love him. <laughs> we haven't seen a character like him before. He's a little he's a, a little, little
1: off, like he's nice, so you're like, Oh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love the I love the line um that he says where he's like you know oh yeah like he was a deserter just like me but you don't get to be famous for being the second one it's fine though (laughs)
0: he's he's a little little
1: character yeah
0: yeah he's he's a he's all right he's a he's a couple of candles short of a birthday cake but like he's
1: (laughs) i've never heard that phrase before that's so funny (laughs)
0: but he's I had to make a fire fire reference somewhere
1: Um,
0: but no but he was great and I love characters like that I love characters that you know sometimes it's easy when you're introducing characters to this character is going to be a runaway soldier and he's going to uh lead them to the master of 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 the of of fire bending and it would be super easy very natural i can tell you as a writer it would be very natural to make him a very like grim serious character i mean like i can no longer fight for these monsters of the fire nation that's why i decided to run away i've heard right. of this guy this fire bending master i seek him too but they don't do that they make him almost like he's a he's a, an overzealous acolyte that wants to join a cult he's like he's enlightened
1: he's a legend he's, a legend. <laughs> he's so cool
0: He's so cool. He has this sort of these stars in his eyes about this guy, but on a really serious note though, can we also appreciate that in order to break free from the fire nation, you pretty much have to be lured away with cult aspirations in order to get out of the fire nation. Like the fire nation, it was one amazing place. If you have to pretty much be a cultist in order to want to leave.
1: Hmm yeah it's a
0: <laughs> they have a really strong grip on their citizens and i mean and why wouldn't they they're the dominant kingdom in the world they're they're right. they're the ones in control they're the ones who are on the offensive there's the ones with the fire lord you know leading the charge
1: oh yeah it's uh and they get more into it um in later seasons but it is very much a propagandist type of utopia like they think it is they think that the fire nation is one of the greatest nations in the world and that like by spreading throughout the other nations like what they're doing with the earth kingdom like they're sharing that greatness which is just so fucked up on so many levels um i'm sorry what are you
0: trying to say about my fire nation enthusiasm here amanda
1: um nothing nothing
0: that's what i thought death to the dirt nation
1: Oh my god, <laughs> the Dirt Nation. <laughs> oh
0: my god. Overall, I really, really like this episode a lot. Um, again, great story arc, complexity to the characters, amazing moments, great secondary characters, um, just a return to form to the series. And uh, and a big relief after episode fifteen, which probably yeah. makes my rating a little inflated, so I will try to curb my enthusiasm. Yeah. Um not among the greatest episodes of the series, but like just a super high quality episode. And I got to say mostly because of the character of of uh, Jean Jean. I really, yeah. really enjoyed him as a character. again, best secondary character I think I've seen in the series so far top-notch um i'm gonna give episode 16 the deserter uh an 8.3 out of 10.
1: nice nice um yeah i pretty much share your sentiment i really enjoy this episode it's not one of like my top 10 or even 20 but i think it's very high up there um in terms of just overall score for all 61 episodes so i give it a solid 8 out of 10 i think it's a especially compared to um the previous episode which is just so inconsistent i think that this is a very consistently good episode um all the way through from the animation to the storytelling and the action and everything it's it's very well done um so yeah i, I give it an eight out of ten
0: which makes this like the second episode of all of them so far that you've rated lower than i have
1: <laughs> i know you know it, once in a blue moon it's fine <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I'm I just,
1: my high high rankings for like the top tier which i already know which ones those are going to be and blue spirit is one of those i've already you know that one was like a 9.5 out of 10 i think so yeah that's that's the kind of tier like i'm waiting for yeah the
0: the the fact that the show is kind of back and forth with the quality of the episodes right now it makes me very curious what lies ahead i oh boy oh boy
1: Oh, no, no. It, it's a good old boy. It's a oh. Spider-Man boy.
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: <laughs> it's okay. Um, I've made it no secret to people that know me and know how I feel about the show that I think the first season, it has some really great episodes. Like I said, the Blue Spirit's one of my top 10 favorites, but it's very inconsistent. Um, I think that they were trying to find their footing. The second season, in my opinion, is the best season. It is the most consistent. The story is all the way through. It doesn't feel as episodic, um and there's a through line and the finale is just oh my god um yeah, no, and then so are we
0: currently in the second season?
1: No, no, no. We're still in the first season. We're
0: still in the first season. Okay. Yeah. The whole <laughs> yeah. the whole episode 13 being basically written like a season finale and me having <laughs> watched shows that have 13 episodes in a season messed me up. Like Yeah. So no,
1: each season has 20, well, about 20 episodes. So we okay, are Okay two more podcast episodes before we're finished with this season um and then yeah second season my personal favorite I think it's the most consistently good the third season the first half of the third season is very much like like season one it's very episodic Mm -hmm. but the second half is all like one story and it it really you know the second half of the third season is top tier but um yeah like i said consistently wise the second season is the best it is one through line Mm -hmm. story and it's so well done and yeah so
0: we will get excited excited to get there when we get there it's it's fun looking ahead to you know knowing that there are great things coming which i expected nothing less from the way that you've talked up this show for for such a long time so can't wait to see what's next
1: That's all for today. To all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode, so feel free to leave a review or comment, follow the podcast, give us a good rating, and all that good stuff.
0: You can find us on Twitter at Millwood and Micah, and please follow our Instagram at Millwood and Micah Podcast. Thanks again, and we'll be back in the next episode.